Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Good Game, Nice Try. My name is Aaron Scott Blairt, and I'm here as always with my fantastic co-host, Sonia Reed. What's up, Sonia? Wait, I don't get a middle name? Sonia Ignatius Reed. Thank you. I'm glad you remembered. Ignatius is what comes from volcanoes, and I feel like you are a person of volcanic positivity. Look at that. How's that for a pivot? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, how are you doing? What's up? What's up? I'm good. I'm I'm good. Now, would you say we've known each other for a while? Would you say I'm a chill person or no. I'm a, a All right. So I'm not a chill person, <laughs> fair enough. So I need in my life mm-hmm. chill things or mm-hmm. I will explode. <laughs> I I can see that. I can see this tracks, all this tracks. Yeah. So I need things to calm me down and I have found this week a video game that is like, you know, it's one of those heavy weighted blankets, but Ooh. for my brain. Okay. Much needed. It's so great. And I am addicted to it. I can't stop playing. It's one of those Love games it. I have been playing till like 3.30 in the morning, but it's also weird because it's super chill. So I just glide off into sleep. Wait, I love that. It's awesome. What is this magical game? The game is called and it's got a weird name because I think it's Swedish. I think it's made by some Swedish college students. Okay. The game, it's all one word. It's called Dorf Romantic. D-O-R-F-R-A-M-A-N-T-I-K. Wow. It's a world building game. And basically you put tiles down. Mm. It's not unlike Dominoes or I've never played Mahjong, but people in my stream said like Mahjong where you have these little tiles and each tile is a hexagon of a little part of the world. Aww. And so it's got a stream on it, or it's got part forest, or it's got a little Ooh, house. Very Settlers of Catan. Okay, never played it, but I'll take, yeah, sure. Okay. And and you just basically place all this stuff together. And every once in a while, there'll be like a tile with like some trees that'll say like plus 50. And then you want to match up 50 more trees to that. So you're kind of just building this world out. Okay. And, this, and the soundtrack is... Chef's kiss in the game. There's like the sound design is like there's a wolf howling or like dogs barking or like like birds flying and like a bubbling brook. Ooh, the music you would love. It's like do they have it on vinyl? They die. Don't. Why would you ask that? Why vinyl? Okay, no, I don't know if they have it on vinyl. A purist? I don't know. I don't even have a record player. Why would I ask that? (laughs) I'm like, in the conversation, I'm like running and you just threw a chair right in front of me. You're like, do they have it on vinyl? I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I don't know about the vinyl, but it's so chill and great. And it's just amazing. Oh, it's the best. Dwarf Romantic. It was like 10 bucks on On Steam. Steam. Okay. I'm guessing they probably have it for Switch or it will come out for Switch also. It feels like a very Switchy in game. That sounds like a Switch game. Switchy in. Switchy in game. Very... 
Yes. So it does sound kind of like a settlers uh, meets Mahjong meets nature. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, there you go. If you need some calming action, Dorf Romantic, I'm very into it. Uh, it's very addicting, very chill. And it's it's managed to to thunder blanket my brain, which is always I'm, I'm glad. A positive. Always a positive. Uh, well, speaking of somebody's voice, who definitely thunder blankets my brain, our guest today, he is excellent. So much fun chatting with him. And he has been a staple in the video game industry for over 15 years. Uh, he voiced Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite, Sam Drake in Uncharted 4, John Jones in Fortnite, and of course, Joel Miller in The Last of Us and 2020's Game of the Year, The Last of Us Part Two. So uh, an insane, impressive resume. And it was just such a blast. Here's our interview with Troy Baker. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, Troy, you're one of the most prominent voice actors in video games. How did you get your start in that? Um, I, so I, I was in a band and that, that, that's how I thought I was going to get my start in this whole thing. I was back in Dallas and a friend of mine in the music scene, Dave McGarry, um, worked for Gearbox Software, who at the time was developing a new game called Brothers in Arms. And he goes, hey man, you got a cool voice. Do you want to come be an, uh, our character? I was like, I don't know what that means. He was like, we know in games there's characters. I was like, yeah, I'm a gamer. I don't understand what you're talking about. He goes, we want you to do that. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So I go into a closet that had no AC and no lights, and I recorded in the dark. And <laughs> So half of our Zoom calls, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> half of our you're muted. podcast recording. You're full muted. circle. Oh, full I think circle. you're still muted. Uh, you're muted. Oh, um, And I, I literally had like one of those little pen lights that I would look at the script and they would have to shut off the AC for that part of the building in, in order for us to record. And, oh. and it would get too hot and we would come out and that was it. And that was my first gig. And then Ubisoft came and they were like, hey, we want to use you for the national TV commercial. And I went, I don't know much, but I knew though that's probably a lot of dollars and I don't know how to get it. So I found an <laughs> agent and then the agent was like, do you want to do other stuff? And I was like, sure. She goes, go down to Houston. They're casting for a pilot. I went, okay, are they going to pay me to do that? She goes, no, they're not. I went, okay. And I got in my car and I drove down to Houston, five hour drive from Dallas. And I walked in and I love telling this story because I walk in to the waiting room and it was for Martin Hannell. That was the name of the character. Martin Hannell. Doesn't matter. Martin Hannell was a truck driver. Also didn't matter. But apparently... To most of the people in that room, they thought those are the two most important things about him. So there's a guy walking around pacing going, Martin Handel. Oh, <laughs> Getting into it. Okay. Martin, Martin, Martin Handel. Martin Handel. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden from the door, this is just an office complex, right? So from the outside of the door, I hear this door fly open. She goes, God damn it, Brenda, where's my lunch? And the whole room shuts up. And she was like, now I got to get, yeah, we'll, we'll be here in 45 minutes. She's like, great. Now I got to do this next one without any lunch. And I'm fucking starving. Who's next? Get in here. <laughs> so I, I I go into this and she was like, all right, start. And she's just kind of over here. is like, can't this salad. I said, start. And she clocks me. And she realizes that I'm just like dogging her. <laughs> and she realizes, oh, we're doing the scene. And so we go through the scene. We get done. She's like, can you, can you stay and, and meet with the producers? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I can do that. She was like, okay, just don't do anything different. Do exactly what you did. So I booked that pilot and I come back. And I was like, well, that was easy. And she goes, do you want to do more of those? I'm like, yeah. And so she's like, well, there's a Western that's being cast 
uh, here for New Mexico. And then I found myself on on set with like Steve Zahn, Carl Urban, and Val Kilmer, and do this big, huge. It's just been all of these like weird, random things that have that have led me to to being here. But I love now. I've got a lot of friends that are professional musicians, and especially when COVID hit. Uh, a lot of them found themselves in a very, very inauspicious place. And um, I love that the, the truly creative minds have been the ones that have like been the, the, the vanguard leading us to the, yes. the, the new light, um, as it were. And, and, and the, the resurgence of, of creativity that's been born out of this, the amount of projects that have been done in, in quarantine – how people yeah. have been um, very creative, how they've connected during this time, how big games have become. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved what you said about how, uh, you know, when you have a deeper appreciation and kind of understand how how the sausage is made and what goes mm-hmm. on behind the scenes. And I feel like you are such a good testament of that, being involved in voiceover and everything and in games in general for over, what, 15 years? Like a Jeez. very, very long time. Oof. How yeah. is that I mean, like evolution 2000- just watching that? 2003, I think, was when we first did Brothers in Arms. So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're coming up on like 18 Damn. years this year. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And what really, it, I love the quote from um, Professor X in the first X-Men. It was like, every every so often, evolution takes a giant leap forward. Yeah. And I feel that I've witnessed two of those. And the first one, well, I've, I've witnessed multiple because I've been playing games since I'm 40. I'll be 45 in a day, two days. But I, I, I mean, I, I played on, I remember when your only real choice in a game was, do you want an orange screen or a green one? And that was like, this yeah. is, oh, this is crazy. I get to choose. Um, <laughs> but all, it, it, the first game I, it, that I fell in love with, that I was like obsessed with and couldn't wait to like, I had to be pulled away from it and would return to it as soon as I could. Um, my dad had a PC because he sold PCs. And... He had he was a big Doug Adams fan, and so he um, he had Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy oh, as a text based adventure, and so like all the games I, I growing up, people are like, oh, I was a nerd. I'm like, you're still a cool nerd because if you had Capri Sun in your fridge, <laughs> and you like you ate Golden Grams, <laughs> and yeah. you had a Nintendo, then you were a different level of nerd than I was. Yeah, I didn't have those things, and so I. I didn't have anyone telling me, oh, by the way, you want to play Legend of Zelda. I was like, okay, I get to go into a a video store and I get to rent a Nintendo for 24 hours and I get to rent one game. And everything is alphabetized, you know, that's how it's sorted. And so Legend of Zelda, depending upon the guy who worked there, if he put it under the L's or the Z's, <laughs> is going to be, but Chrysalis is right here in C. And I was like, that looks like a cool thing. And so I, I play the shit out of that. And I just beat that game a year ago. I started oh! that game. I cried. I, I, wow. I cried because I had it for 24 hours. And then life happens and you go, I, and are, are you want to play? I was like, well, I already played that. Now I'm going to play. Double Dragon, you know, I don't want to see what that's like. Yeah. And I, the only time I got to play video games is either it was my birthday, I went over to a friend's house, and like, Tony had the Atari 2600, um, or Lily had the, um, uh, the Sony Mega Drive, or the Genesis, um, I like so I mean, how like, the friends have been like delegated by their platform now. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I don't remember anything else about them. This is the Atari house. <laughs> you only made friends because they had a system that you didn't, you hadn't played yet. We had Commodore 64 and ColecoVision. 
Oh, I had Commodore 64 too. Okay, we were so C64 I mean, household. I mean, I, I, yeah. so I could, if you, if you want to break out the paddles, dude, let's go. Oh. I would school you on Pong and, and stuff that didn't matter at all. Battle tank <laughs> and stuff like shit. But <laughs> Battle tank. Oh my God. I, but it was, it was, it was Hitchhiker's Guy was the first one that really had a narrative. And it was the understanding of consequences. Nope, you've died. And I was mm. like, so I didn't play, like, Oregon Trail came so far after that. So the fact that I could die of dysentery in a game was just like, what? But, like, King's Quest and all that stuff, I didn't have the knowledge that that's what I was supposed to be playing. I just could only play was that was readily available. Um, and so now I get to go back yeah. and be able to play it as an adult. And, like, I, I've got my little, you know, RetroPie here that has every game that's ever even conceivably been made. Isn't that wild? Um, this fits, it's it's almost wild. the size, it's it's, a, it's smaller than my iPhone. It's crazy. Well, yeah, it's tiny. And it's it just has everything and I get to go and the second that you see that loading screen that you haven't seen in 30 years Blast since before Sonia was born. Almost, <laughs> <laughs> almost. When Aaron just started dating. Yeah, when um, I, my last year. <laughs> it's stuff like that where you go, this is why it, it, I, I fall in love with this industry all over again. And like, we just had the BAFTAs and oh. the, every time that there is a, an event centered around purely the celebration of the accomplishments and recognition of excellence within an industry, I'm like, I, I don't really care that much about sports, but I will watch any championship game, anything. Yeah. Cause I just want to see the best of the best do what they do. That's it. Right. Yes. And, and the narrative and the story too. Like that's Absolutely. one thing I think. I think like w one thing that Sonny and I talk a lot about is like how, and and obviously what you're saying in terms of narrative and games and, and structure and these things. One thing that's been amazing and I think an evol evolutionary leap forward is narrative driven games and how it used to be, take Double Dragon for example, or Ninja Gaiden, which was my chrysalis, which was like, I, just, yeah. I couldn't beat it. Worst neighborhood imaginable, by the way. If you go back through, Ninja yeah. Gaiden, what a terrible neighborhood to live in. <laughs> terrible neighborhood. Just torches and people, yeah, trying I, to kill you. I, I believe that there was this, like, this one store owner that owned all of the stores in, in, in that neighborhood. And he was like, hi, if you come find me, then please stay out of my neighborhood because I can make sure that, you know, there's people throwing cats into your windows. <laughs> anyway, Phil Kensington. Phil Kensington, Kensington was the person that owned every store. I, I have, I have a so store. We're having it. Anyway, all they had in the text was just sale. Yeah. Hi, I'm Phil Kensington from Phil Kensington's sales store. <laughs> Do you want something for a sale? You can come find it with me. Always a sale. In my mind, you're Philip Seymour Hoffman as the mattress man. In, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, you're Boom. saying that. <laughs> Dude, those big falls yeah. are By the way, that's a real thing. Have you seen that? I real... know. He did that. I was like. So, yeah, there's a, there's a famous, so the Adam Sandler movie, Punch Drunk Love, Philip Seymour Hoffman does a commercial in there. He's a, a guy selling mattresses where he jumps off the roof of his <laughs> store onto a, a truck full of mattresses and falls off onto the pavement. And that's a real commercial. There's no way that there was a stunt person. It is Philip Seymour Hoffman. I have never <sighs> felt closer to you, Aaron, than I do in this very moment. The fact Wild. that all you you pulled the deepest cut random pull that I guarantee everybody but two people involved in this entire episode went, what the fuck is he talking about? And I I was like, oh, and I did the fall. You, did, you like, did do the fall. Oh, oh man, committed. Punch Truck Love. It's the best chair. Adam Sandler movie. It's so good. Um, but anyway, so, but narrative games, like, that's the thing is, and I think, like, 
I love, there was a shift from you have three lives and you die to, well, just keep going. Just unlimited right. continuous because we want you to experience the story. And, right. and I think like that is so, you know, and, and being a storyteller yourself and Sonny and I, like we love these kinds of being able to explore these different worlds and these stories and these characters and these people. You know, we were just, Sonny and I were talking right before you got on about Bioshock Infinite. Hmm. We play, you know, Booker DeWitt. So good. And that, that it, that is, I think one of the, when I think of the endings of games and endings of stories, anything, you're talking about any movie, anything that ranks up there as one of the greatest stories and just ties such a wild bow onto that narrative. And like, wow, like, like anyone who doesn't think that games have not come into their own as an art form, I urge them to play that game through because I still get chills when I think about the ending of Bioshock Infinite. I mean, and what a story. Like, I, I mean, that has to be so beautiful, like from your side of things to be such a critical part of so many incredible stories. Dude, I I really feel, so if we're shopping for a house right now, and they always talk about how the market turns over in these, 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 you can always look at it, five to seven years. And with games, if you look, it's 2006, there was a change in games. And that's when you had Uncharted, Assassin's Creed. We, we went from, we had stories before. We had like Resident Evil and we had Silent Hill. We had these great narratives and these great thematic elements that were, um, you know, people were definitely pulling from. All of a sudden, it's, it's not just happening uh, the David Lynch, you know, kind of vibe is not just happening within TV and film, but it's now happening because it, it transitioned first from the stage to film to TV, and now is like, what's the what's the another immersive way that we can bring this out? So all of a sudden, it's 2006, and and then 2012 happened, and that's when you have Last of Us, Bioshock Infinite. You had this other now big monumental shift. Yeah, I think that 2022 is going to be the next one. Um, I think that what we're going to see, and, and you already had this this year, 2021, or 2020 really, games that came out. And I look at the games that came out in 2020. You had Last of Us Part Two, You had um, Hades, which, you know, just won Game of the Year for, for BAFTA. Uh, a team of, you know, super giants, not a, a, a large comparatively studio. But what those people were able to accomplish is truly phenomenal, especially when, given the pandemic, that should have killed that size studio. It should have. Right. And the fact that they were able to not only sustain but thrive mm-hmm. um, is incredible. Um, so I think that what we have in, uh, on the horizon for 2022, as we're now people are either finally getting their consoles uh, <laughs> or, or we'll be able to kind of break into, we'll be able to, the games that are really being devved that aren't launch titles that are, that are going to really be like, now we've hit our stride. I can't wait to see what happens in, in, in 22. Yeah. But I, it's, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, it, it, it had to feel so good to know, you know, to be making such a, a be a critical part of, of something. Um, Ken Levine to this day is a dear, dear friend and he's a better friend. He and I are better friends now than we were when we were making Bioshock. Um, that game was, I I learned so much making that game and especially how monumentally challenging and, and difficult it is to do something. And the, the, the proof and evidence of, of the, um, level of storytelling and the ambition of that project can be felt most in just 
the the making of it. Like it's it's not only just the effect that it, that that the player has when they experience it, but it's like you really want to know how that sausage was made because it's it's violent and it's ugly. So when we were making it, uh, it wasn't great. It was hard and it was challenging and it was difficult and it was contentious. But Ken would say, by and large, that um, the recordings were were his kind of break because it's just such a hard thing to make. And what he was wanting to do, as you're coming to the end of a life cycle of a console, and really what you need to be able to do is make this for the next console, but you're just under the demands of, of what the situation is and what that mandates. That's a really hard thing for, for someone like him to do. Yeah. Whatever it is that he's doing now, um, the, the person that I talk to now is a wiser, calmer, more focused, more loving um, it's a better version of Ken. And I can't help but think that that's going to make, I think, I think Ken, I asked him once, I was like, is everything, you know, do you think your best work is behind you or, or are you trying to make your magnum opus right now? And he goes, I'm always trying to make my magnum opus. Mm-hmm. If not, what am I doing it for? I'm not trying to just do the next thing. This is, this has to be the the best thing that I've ever made. And I really, that, that, uh, that resonates with me because on my 40th birthday, uh, a friend of mine, Emre Gele, who's who uh, is a fellow game maker, um, we were in London and we were at the Me Hotel and we were toasting each other because our, our birthdays fall very close in line. And we were turning 40. And he goes, uh, to our last 480 months. And I went, what? <laughs> he goes, well, <laughs> statistically speaking, most people live to be 80. So we're halfway there. So we have 480 months. And he goes, that's the mentality that I have because wow. if I only have 480 months, what am I going to do with this one? It better be worth it. And I was yeah. like, damn, you're absolutely right. That's good. Yeah, it's really good stuff. That is really good. I think that everything is coding. Everything mm-hmm. is coding. We have millions of lines of code. Some of them have been you know, developed over billions of years of evolution. But the there's code, there's been systems that were given to me like by my, the way that my dad showed me how to meet adversity and obstacles and, and that became a system. The way that I talked was a system that was given to me that sure. I once I got to LA, I was like, I don't think I'll get hired as much if I still sound like I just got here from <laughs> Dallas. So I had to change the way that I talk. I changed yeah. my coding. I changed yeah. my programming. I grew up and I was the 98-pound weakling. I was underweight and, and and it's not it's not an aesthetic thing it was a health thing like i was not i would go to the doctor like yo you <laughs> need to put on weight man it's it's not healthy for you and i was like okay and so i i also if i wanted to be able to get certain roles i got fired from a job once because i didn't i my body literally wouldn't fit it was a mocap gig it was a pcap gig but my body they're like you're breaking the model like you, you need to walk differently because this guy's like a brawler and you don't have it. You're this lean slip of a dude. So I was like, okay, if I want to do this, I want to, ch- I'd never worked out. I'd never been in the gym. I was like, I want to do this. And so I taught myself that. And so I've, I've changed my coding. So I don't, I don't accept the fact that someone goes, that's just who I am. I was habitually late and I mm. changed my coding. And yeah. to anybody who says that that's, it's impossible to do, 298 amino acids must line up in a specific way in order to form you. If one of them is off, you're a frog. (laughs) That's something to consider. 
298 amino acids lined up perfectly to form your DNA. Don't tell me it's not possible. You can change Mm -hmm. your programming. But it's uh, it's important to me to understand the system that was given to me and the system that I was designed to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that you should change the way that you were designed. I just think that you should change the way that you were coded. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a yeah. difference between the two. There really is because there's so much to even just in your in your brain, like neuroplasticity and being able to like rewire the way that you are doing things to be more um, serving to you and your purpose and your passions. And there's so much to, you know, something that I've discovered too over um, over the last like couple of years is just like internal narrative mm. and how you talk to yourself. Like, I'm yes. always this, I'm always that. The more that you continue that, the more self-assuring it is and the more it cements it into your beliefs on who you are. I was verifying the narrative that I had been Mm -hmm. told. That's it. Right. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You've voiced characters, and you've also physically played characters like Joel in The Last of Us and Sam in Uncharted 4, where you're wearing the full mocap suit, and there's so much more of a physical element to it. So what is that like? I Yeah, there's there's the, the thing that I love about performance capture is, and the people are like, oh, it's just a voice job. I'm like, no, dude, I I need to like be able to move, and I need to yeah. be able to... I remember that it, it was for um, Mad Max. Uh, I was originally cast as, as, as Mad Max, and we started shooting, and I could see in the director's face. He was like, huh. "Hmm." I was like, "Everything okay, boss?" And he's like, "No, no, no, it's great. And we'll just take, get the footage back." And they came back. They're like, "Yeah, you're because the model for for Max was like this. He's a brawler, yeah. and here's like you know hipster skinny jeans boy <laughs> me. It's like it just didn't work." That's but that's crazy. the thing that I love about games is you would not necessarily cast. There's no way I would be cast as Joel ever. That's true. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, I I think that that's the beauty of games too, is it can be all about, it should be all about what's inside. And I think many times in movies, like I'll be watching a movie and I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm very much like, what would I do if I was making this movie? Like how, what would I make that choice? Would I write this part? What do you (laughs) You mean just watching a movie? (laughs) I can't, yeah. How about sitting on set going, I wouldn't do that if I No, you're right. It looks great. But it's it's like, in terms of casting is so important. I think so often there's a miscast happen just because somebody looks a certain way Mm. and it's not really... They're trying their best to, to to that actor or actress to rise to that level of the part. Sure. But it is about looks. Whereas like in games, no, we could just make, it is really your essence as Joel is Joel. You know, do you, do you know what I'm saying? It, so I, it didn't yeah. have to be, which is so, I think that that's a really beautiful part about games and, and, and the whole mocap experience. I mean, what, when you're doing mocap and performance capture, I, it, it has to be, 
What, what, what is your mindset? Do you have a, a process to get into that mode? Because it, you are in a suit. It is, you don't have anything to help you. <laughs> you have nothing. I, I'm going to see if I can't have you come on set when we start shooting this thing. So I want you to see it. Let's do it. There is a, I don't necessarily believe in, in processes because if I walk in to a particular situation and I go, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm on my heels, not in them. And I am I am choosing what the situation is going to be as opposed to being lithe and limber and being able to be more agile. And yeah. the concrete is already set. You're absolutely right. Everything that normally informs you about the character or the story in a TV show or a film, you have the sets, the wardrobes, you have, like, I did that Western. We were on our horses in a town that was built to look like 1863. We were there. We were in it. Now, if that had been on a performance capture stage, you're standing on a seahorse, you're in a white room, you're wearing a spandex suit with a camera this far from your face, and, and there's nobody else there, maybe, if it's COVID. So how do you have that same moment? And right. to me, it becomes critical that you fundamentally understand what is at stake in the scene. Why are we doing this scene? Why is this why is this the dialogue? Why is this the conversation? Why is this the moment? What's happening right now? I need you to picture this in your mind. It's that process specifically that I love because I my job is to disappear behind the role. My yeah. favorite compliment to get is that was you? Yes. Yeah. I love that. That means, yeah, baby, you didn't know that was me. I want to be Gary Oldman. I want to disappear. I want to be a chameleon. I don't want to be the guy who's like, "Oh, you were great." And I was like, "Shit." <laughs> I love it when people are like, oh, I had no idea that was you. Well, if I can give you one of those. Please. Um, in, my, uh, in my searching through your extensive, uh, extensive experience <laughs> and extensive roles in games, I had no idea that you were uh, Vincent Brooks. In Catherine. <laughs> I oh, yeah. loved Catherine and I played the hell out of it. C. Catherine or K. Catherine? Which way'd you go? You went K. Catherine, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you did. I, I did a couple playthroughs. You stable girl. You chaotic good. I'm Canadian. I don't know. I had to do a couple couple playthroughs. But yeah, that was, uh, that was surprising. Man, I... Atlas Games, those guys are just the little studio that could. You know, they 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 do the Persona games. They do then they come out and they do Catherine, which was like, here's the here's the pitch for the game, okay? Uh, a relationship. Oh, oh okay, with the oh, devil? Oh. Uh, no, no, no. It's just a girlfriend. And then, I mean, you, we will have like a succubus kind of situation. Oh yeah, succubus is gonna kill him. Uh, no, no, actually, no. you can just kind of like go there. It's but it's like, and then you go, but it's gonna be a puzzle. Yeah, like, I'm like, and also hear me out. Puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Like what kind of puzzle? Oh, like like he's gonna like have to like you remember Kubert? Yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> Literally. With the snakes, no snakes, but we are gonna do sheep. What? And and there's for some reason there's a shit yeah. ton of ants. We like <laughs> ants are everywhere. It really is just sexy Kubert. <laughs> yeah. Troy, we are almost out of time. Okay. I hate that you gotta come back, please. This was mm -hmm. absolutely a joy for us. Yeah, dude. But and it seems almost silly at this point. Go. But it's not going to be reductive. It's going to be expansive. <laughs> Are you ready? We like it. to end every interview with yes. the uh, person's best game and worst game. So instead of that, how okay. about, Sonia, what do you think about this? We're talking about moments. We're talking about storytelling. We're mm -hmm. talking about life. Let's talk about, Troy, mm. we challenge you. What is your uh, least favorite moment in a game and your Ooh. most favorite moment 
in a game. Oh man, wow. least least favorite moment in to a game. you personally. Least favorite mm-hmm. moment for me. It is when you have to fight your dad in Ninja Gaiden, and I kept dying over and over, and oh, it made dude. me crazy. Ninja Gaiden three, the oh, the, the dragon battle. Uh, you're talking about of, of my personal games. I'm that saying I've for you personally, yeah. gaming your worst, your your most, your your most frustrating, your most affected you personally. That like like that playing Ninja Gaiden three. I I threw the controller. I never finished the game, and I don't care to ever finish it again. <laughs> Uh, and I even played Ria Hayabusa. I was like, I'm not going to play this game. It 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 destroyed me because it was so <laughs> stupid. They didn't give you enough resources. It was a three level boss, and it's just dumb. And I went stalking through that entire down. Da- oh my god! I was like, this is just bad design. That's why that game scarred me. People were like, oh, do you want to play Bloodborne? I'm like, no, I don't want to play Bloodborne. <laughs> I want to enjoy my experience. We'd be challenged a little bit. Yes, mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Um, right, well, let's go. Let's go. Best moment. Let's go. Best moment. Oh, best man. moment for me. I have been fortunate enough to where, I mean, I could I could just list off so many. When we were shooting, what would become the final scene of Last of Us Part Two, the porch scene, and the, our entire morning was blocked off for that, and it was it was a, you know a two page scene maybe. Now that's like movie shooting normally, like in a day. You would shoot, you could shoot eight to 10 pages easily of a game because you don't have lighting setups and camera changes. Um, so you can move with a bit of alacrity. We, we, we shot two pages that entire morning. We just walked through it and just kept digging and kept digging. It was like, what's another thing? How can we change the flavor of this? What if it's this? And just different approaches and just Ashley and I just workshopping it. And each one had its own little subtle thing, but there was one that we did. And you always know when Neil's happy. Because he will go, he's just, there's a little bit longer of a pause. And then it's just a very soft cut. Double best that. And I looked around and there's the, the, the actors on stage. There's the, the crew. And there's probably about 30 people on stage. Everybody's crying. And one of the guys walks up to me. And he goes, and he just hugged me. And I was like, this is when we've done a good thing today. Like we did something good. This is one of my favorite. This is the, these are the moments that I want to cultivate. And it doesn't always have to be a tearful moment, but it's like, can we truly say something? Can we truly have this moment where we affect people in such a way that they go, not just I'm glad that I spent 60 bucks on this game, but like, this is why I play is so that I can have moments like this. That has to be one of my most favorite moments in a game ever. And I've got a bunch of them. I've got a bunch of them. I, I, could, I could bend your ear for another hour telling you about them. Oh, my God. I, mean, I love Paul, telling you that one. We would love to have you back to do exactly that. To um, do. And I definitely, I have chills. Yeah. I have chills for from sure. that. That was beautiful. Wow. Troy Baker, my goodness. Thank Truly my pleasure, so man. This is fantastic. This was, uh, on another level. Um, thank you very, very much. Truly my pleasure. Wow. All right. Troy Baker, man, he is like the Leonardo DiCaprio of video game. I mean, that guy is like, you know, one of the greatest of all time and he's in everything. Everywhere. I don't get starstruck a lot, but you know, it's, that was me. That was me <laughs> fangirling out. Right. And you know what? Okay. Stick around though, because after the break, we're going to be joined by the boss man himself, Conan O'Brien. And speaking of starstruck, his assistant, Sonam Obsessian. So you you know our opinion on The Last of Us, but does Conan like it? We're going to get his take. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. 
Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. So uh, welcome back, our boss, Conan O'Brien. I don't really think of myself as your boss. Yeah. I don't. I think that. Yes, you do. <laughs> I don't. I don't think of. I don't think of myself as the boss. Really? No, Come I on. Don't. I don't. Come on. I don't. I think of myself oh. as sort of like a emperor. Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Okay. okay. You know, like yeah. a, uh, someone right. who can an all-seeing, all-knowing, <laughs> omniscient <laughs> oh. emperor who sits on a high throne. Yeah. More like a god king. Yeah. Sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. He gladly god accepts king. the title. Please welcome god our king. god king. <laughs> Conan O'Brien to the yeah. podcast. Um, hey, Conan. But now, look, being our boss or God King, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make sure that uh, Sonia and I are doing our part to make you cool. I mean, Sona, right? I mean, we're all kind of trying to make Conan cool at all times. I didn't know that's what the objective was, but okay. I think what Sona is really saying is I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, with all of us combined, I think we can we can make something happen. That's okay. right. We put our heads together. We'll try. Okay, there was big news in the video game world because one of the uh, you know, best games of all time, The Last of Us, they announced that HBO is going to do a series on right. The Last of Us. Uh, and we and Sonya and I are very excited about this because we love this game. This is like Again, one of our 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 favorite games. It uh-huh. is about the uh, the story of Joel, who's kind of a, a smuggler in a post apocalyptic world. Who oh, his God. he's uh oh. Is it always post apocalyptic? Why is no one ever living in the year is nineteen ninety eight? Things are pretty good. There's some problems, but the economy's humming along, and society moves forward. No one ever does a video game set in that reality. It's always, I knew you were going to get to post-apocalyptic, <laughs> knowing nothing about this game. It has to be a post-apocalyptic landscape where the rules are, there are no rules, and everyone's fighting for survival. Is that correct? <laughs> I feel like pre-apocalyptic just doesn't have the same ring. doesn't have the same ring to it. Okay, I know, but shouldn't someone at least try it? A video <laughs> game about, I don't know, I wish someone would create a game where everything's okay on earth and occasionally someone's like oh yeah i my salt this my salt levels are a little high my doctor <laughs> says a little less salt in the diet a little less cured meats and keep my water intake up and that's about it anyway continue some high stakes so the last of us takes place in a post apocalypse where there are zombies of course there were zombies. You know, there's, I think there's a law, I think there's a law that Congress passed like eight years ago that you have to have zombies or you're not allowed to operate in the gaming or entertainment sphere. <laughs> That's a, like a law that was passed because when are there not zombies? Well, seriously, there, zombies are now showing up in movies and in and everywhere where you don't, I saw a production of uh, On the Waterfront recently, <laughs> and it was with zombies. They're doing, you know what I mean? Death of a Salesman is now with, zo- Willie Loman is a zombie. 
They're, it's everywhere. It's Wait, everywhere. If we hadn't, if we hadn't passed that bill, what would you? What could we have instead? Like, what are we going to put instead of zombies? Uh, Yetis. <laughs> Yetis. Yeah, Yetis. You know, the abominable snowman, <laughs> the, a Bigfoot. Something. Just does it always have to be a zombie? And guess what? They eat brains. When you have zombies over for dinner. You never, you know, you just know. When you have like, them you, over you know? for dinner. Well, when you have them over for dinner, you better have fucking brains, a big, a lot of brains in a bowl. No one's ever like, should we go Mexican? No, they're brains. We got to have brains. It's the zombie, right, right. It's just, wouldn't they want to try Mexican? You just, you send them an invitation for dinner. To your yeah. house. Okay. Yeah. And they come. And they come smashing through the door, even though I left it open. And then I'm like, hey, I got, I thought we'd, hey, guys, tonight I thought we'd mix it up. I tried tapas. No, no, seriously. I know we, we have brains. We're thawing them, but just let's have to. Yeah, chorizo. Mmm, small portions. Yeah, bite size. It's nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you want the brains? I'm good. <laughs> you really? Because they, their thought, not the tapas is nice. It's good. Then he's becoming Elmo. Mmm, Elmo happy. <laughs> but people put zombies in games because it's exciting. Like, it's exciting to fight zombies. You know, how would you, how would you do against fighting zombies? Oh, I have it all figured out. I've talked about this a lot with Andy Richter. Oh, okay. Yeah. My plan was get to Denver Airport, the airport in Denver. Okay. Because what you want is a big flat space because one of the last places you want to be is in a forest where a zombie can just come out from behind a tree. And I don't know why the people in Walking Dead decided, let's just hang in Georgia forever. <laughs> no, leave. You've got a car. In, in six days- you can be at the Denver airport. Then you can see for 100 miles in any direction. And what you can do is lure the zombies onto those walking sidewalks, you know, those sidewalks that move? And you lure them onto those. So if even if one gets through, you lure it onto that, and it's on that thing forever, walking the wrong way. And meanwhile, you have plenty of food, you know? You're, you're getting a, there's just tons of food all over the place. There's tons of kiosks and places to get some, a bite to eat. And the zombie's there for all eternity, walking in the wrong direction. And you're in, in Denver, which is not the worst place to be. I love how in depth you've thought this out. It's all I think about, Sonia. It's very detailed. And honestly, not wrong. Yeah, it's, it's not strategy. wrong. You're sitting there. You're sitting there munching one of those great giant pretzels, <laughs> and the zombie's walking on the thing and going the wrong way. No harm to anybody, and he's getting an aerobic workout. And you're 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 good. Everything's good. So in turn, do you think that you're just making him stronger if he's just no. endlessly on the treadmill? That's a great. <laughs> no. He's getting his cardio in. I think he's yeah, but they can't build muscle mass because they're dead. So oh. what's happening is eventually his legs are just going to wear out. Uh, and and fall off. And then he's going to be a torso that's just rolling <laughs> on that moving sidewalk in Denver. And you're like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Hey, look, I'm headed down to Starbucks. Do you want something? Flat white. You want a flat white? I'll get you one. Sona, what's your strategy? Do you have a zombie strategy? Have, have you also thought about this? Oh, or just no? I'll just die. I, I really don't think I'll fight at all. Oh, I think I'll just give in 
accept my fate. Like that's wh- ridiculous. Your your husband Tack knows uh, he knows karate. Yeah, no, Tack would Tack would fight. Yeah, and he's a yeah. Soviet, a proud Soviet boy. He'd be chopping their heads off with yeah. karate chops. We have a bow and arrow. <laughs> he would use that probably. No, he has. Your husband has a bow and arrow. Yeah, he's trained in self defense. He's an incredibly cool guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's as you know, born and raised in the Soviet Union, and they can fight better than anybody. Yeah, we have a sword. Uh, oh we have God. the weapons, but arsenal. it's I just don't I just don't want to. I, I no, no, I'm he's just, gonna take care of it. You don't uh, have to do anything. I just you can, follow you, him. Yeah, you can still be in the corner uh binge watching gigolos, <laughs> and he'll be karate chopping every zombie that comes through the window and slicing them with a samurai sword and kicking them with his steel toe boots. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Tack tax the badass. You're yeah. safe. You're good. So between the between the two of you, who do you think is gonna last the longest? Me. Even, yeah, even Sona, when I'm, I'm go, not trying. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sona's going to last longer because she is a survivor. And uh, um, I am, I'm a redhead. I'm an, I'm an odd, you know, sort of genetic outlier. Uh, yeah. No one who sees me in person thinks I'm going the distance. So. <laughs> if, if it happens during the summer and the zombies don't get you, the your sunburn will just end you probably like true. any skin condition will get you before a zombie apocalypse. does. It'll be heat stroke before <laughs> any kind <Yeah>. of zombie. <laughs> so Conan, do you think you would play the game? Would you play the last of us? Or will you watch the show? What's your, yes. what's your hot take? I would play the game. Okay. I would. Mm-hmm. I'll play the game. You know, I don't know about the show. I get very competitive about other television shows. Hmm. I know I just do a late night show and there's, they really don't compete, but I'm competitive with every show. I'm competitive with the Weather Channel. I'm competitive <laughs> with, if they show Titanic on television, I'm competitive with it. I feel like they're horning in on my territory. Uh, you know, and so I uh, definitely, yeah, I'm gonna say that I will play the game. There we go. Perfect. I love it. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And everybody listening, if you have a game that you want Conan's hot take on, hit us up at Good Game Nice Try on Twitter. I mean, I'm just really hoping that the zombie apocalypse doesn't actually happen because I don't know if any of our strategies are really going to flesh out, so... Well, like like I've said before, Sonia, if there's a zombie apocalypse, just use me as bait. So you could just push me towards the zombies, and while they're gnawing on my dead body, you take that 20 minutes mm-hmm. to run away. I'm a big guy. It's going to take him a while to chew through me. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. You're welcome. I'll, I, I, I would love to die... Uh, you know, doing what I loved, which was which is being eaten by zombies. <laughs> it's very noble. Very That's noble right. of you. Uh, so that'll do it for this week. Of course, if any of y'all have questions out there, video game requests, or you want us to prescribe, prescribe, prescribe a video game, write in to at Good Game Nice Try on Twitter or use the hashtag GGNT, and we will serve you up some delicious video game knowledge. We'll see you guys all next time. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton, with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Music by John Danik.
This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.